And who knows what else might happen to you too. So yeah, I love that, because I remember Bailey, that was just the, after her first semester here, and it was very much a catalyst, as she said, to launch her into, into so much more. And so we highly encourage each of you to pray about going on spring break, go this summer, and see what God does in your life. Well, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan. I am a pastor here with Bluemont, and we are in week two of our The Keys to Transformation message series, and like 55 of you started our KL2 Bible studies going through this series, and we actually ran out and had to get more, so that's awesome. Um, I've heard some great stories already of how God's using this in, in, our, in our lives. And so we're talking this week, last week Ryan Schlesner kicked it off, just talking about how God transforms us and the goal of being transformed. The next four weeks, we're looking at the keys. What are the things that God uses in our life to transform us. And so the first one today is about the Word of God. We're talking about how the Word of God restores our souls. So I want you to think about this. What words, what words addressed to you have you heard that have made you come alive? Think of a conversation or something somebody said that caused you to come alive. I think about this, and I think about almost 25 years ago, I had just started dating this gal named Reagan Thompson, like three weeks earlier. Yeah, it was a good move on my part. Not so sure on her part. But I opened my front door, and there was an envelope with my name on it. And just those words addressed to me, that made me came alive right there because I recognized the handwriting. And then I opened it, and it was like, oh, my goodness, how could my life be so good? <laughs> like, man, how could this be true? I don't know. I don't deserve it, but there is a God, and <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And I'm not going to read it to you, but... Uh, but that's, that's the power. Words have the power to make us come alive. Words have the power to, to lift our spirits, to open up new vistas of possibility to us. They have the ability to help us experience goodness in our souls. Proverbs 25.25 says that like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news or good words from a far country. And that's really how God's word, how God wants us to experience his word. It's good news to us from a far country. And it, it refreshes us and brings us life. It restores our soul. Um, we, there's something about just words. You know, you can get lost in a story. I, I was a reader. I I still am a reader, I guess, but as a kid, I just devoured books. I would get lost in stories. My family would play games with me. They would just start talking to me and saying weird stuff and making fun of me because I would be so lost in the book. I wouldn't even know what was going on because those black and white words on a page can do something, can bring us into something so much more. I actually was so devoted to reading that I felt like the thing that was interrupting these, these words and the stories that I love so much was all the jobs my parents would give me around the house. So 
I thought, how can I get around this? So actually, the, the best invention of my life was when I was about 11 years old, I made this contraption out of wires that like work, came around my shoulders and then came in front of me and was like a, a tray, like a music stand basically, where I could put my book on it. So I was like, I'm gonna put my book on this while I'm doing housework. <laughs> and so I made this, all my ingenuity went into it. I made this contraption and I was ready. My mom said, hey, go hang out clothes on the line. We used to do that in my family back in the day. And so I was, got the laundry basket and I put my book and I was like reading while I was putting clothes on the, on the line. And that was the only job I was allowed to do because my mom was like, my dad was like, you cannot do that. No, <laughs> do the job you're supposed to do. But words are powerful. Some words, and the word of God is the most powerful, the most powerful words that our hearts yearn for. And we want, we are made to draw life from, from his word. Uh, his word is so amazing. And Hebrews, you know, God's word, it, it's, it's beyond what you would think about. When God made the universe, everything we can see, the whole created, the whole material world was created by God speaking. He said, let there be light. And then, big bang, universe, still exploding, still expanding from the power of God's word. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So, holding this table and this building and our bodies, everything together, God's word is the thing, the creative force, the powerful force that is behind everything we can see. Not only that, but his word is alive. Hebrews 4, 12, and th- 12 says that, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now there's a, a conspiracy of our enemy to make us think that this is boring. This is lifeless. Why would I want to read the Bible? That, that doesn't sound attractive or appealing. Because the enemy knows that this word is what changes our lives. When we hear the word of God, it has the power to get into our hearts, to divide between our souls and our spirits. It reveals the thoughts and intentions, the motives of our hearts. It brings, it cuts stuff away, and it brings us into more. And, you know, the stories in this room of all the times, you know, we could tell of how we have God's word, a phrase from the Bible, or a a word of God spoken to us that we've heard has penetrated and set us free from something and brought us into something. God's word transforms. God word, God's word empowers us. Um, and really, his word is, is behind like so much in the world. When God's word comes, it brings salvation. It brings freedom. Uh, even just on a big level, the, our, our system of government, the three, the three parts of government, the three branches of government, we have that because Isaiah 58, uh, Isaiah, uh, what is it? 33.22 says that God is our lawgiver, God is our judge, God is our king. And there were people who read that and realized, wait, God has these three branches of government. Maybe it would be wise to separate and have those three branches in our governmental systems. Oh, God's word, the scientific revolution. People say that 
The Bible is against science. It couldn't be farther from the truth. It was actually because of the Word of God that people came to an understanding that God is a creator and He creates things that are consistent. And there are laws. There are the laws of the universe. Are, they're not just me- me- mechanistic, like, like a machine. But it's God's habits. It is God acting consistently. And so, how can we understand this world? Let's understand God. And now we can like, delve into breaking up the created world. God's, God's word changes things. And it brings us understanding of how things really are. But God's word is not only powerful and true, revolutionary, world-changing, but it's also personal. That's really what I want to focus on today. God's word is personal. And let's look at Psalm chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. And just listen to these words of God from Scripture. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. And not only are the mockers and the sinners and the wicked, not only are they you know, people out there, but those mockers and sinners are also in our heads. There are natural ways of thinking, just thoughts that we just naturally go to and live with, that we, unless something else comes to separate us from that, we are going to be going down paths that are not helpful. So blessed are the one who does not walk in step with the wicked and mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. This person's delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. Blessed is that person who delights in Scripture, who delights in God's Word, who meditates on it, day and night, morning, evening, just thinking about these words, chewing on them, letting them go into their, their heart. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And how's that for a picture for a life that you want? That's the life that I want. And again, the, the lies are, oh, following God, it's going to make you miserable, and you know, your life's going to be horrible, and you just need to like, you know, go your own way, or you know, don't do these other things, or feed this. But no, God's desire for us, as we sang about this morning, is for us to live this kind of life, like a tree planted by a river. And no matter what the season is going on around us, no matter what storm is coming, there is a source of life that is coming to us, that is causing us to flourish and prosper in everything that we do. And the key is, it's the person who meditates on this word, who's eating this word, who's who's learning it, thinking about it, renewing our minds by this word. I can tell you that every, I was thinking about that as we were singing this morning, I've experienced a lot of this. I think, man, God is good. And it's because of Getting God's word, hearing it, trusting it, obeying it, thinking about it, changing my way of thinking, and following God, it has brought me into much blessing and prosperity. And um, that doesn't mean there aren't tough seasons, but that means, God, there is a reality that God's word is what restores our soul and brings us, brings us life. Um, 
we, we believe in hearing God's voice around here in our church. We believe in personally hearing God's voice. We believe that if we're driving or walking, God wants to speak to us. He speaks to us in our hearts and our minds. That is a normal part of being a Christian. I want you to know that the people who hear God's voice the most are the ones who love this book the most. They're the ones who read this Bible the most or listen to this Bible the most. There's all sorts of audio Bibles and Bible apps, and there's so many ways, but reading and absorbing this Bible opens us up to hear God and draw life from his word. It's, it's personal. It changes us. In, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus was in the wilderness. He was being tempted by the devil. And he, the devil was throwing all sorts of things at him. And in Matthew 4, 4, we read this. But he answered and said, he answered the temptation and said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is interesting on a lot of levels. Jesus is being tempted. The devil tempted him to, to give him all the kingdoms of the world, success, if he would just worship him. The devil said, hey, take these stones. You, you haven't eaten for 40 days. You're fasting. Take these stones and I'll turn them into bread. You're hungry. And Jesus said no. And he quoted the Old Testament. He quoted scripture. And so he fought temptation. He fought the enemy with the word of God. He said, it is written. To, to be able to do that, he had to know. He had to have been absorbing, been learning, been chewing on God's word. So he said, it is written. And then what he said, what was written, is that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is profound. People do not live by food alone or other stuff that we look to. But we are created to get our life from God's word. And so often, I think, in our culture, we are less hungry for God's word because we are trying to scratch that itch with so many other things, right? There's so many things available to us, so many ways, so much information, so many ways to try to be successful, so many things put in front of us, so much Insta-spam, you know, available. I mean, Instagram. Just like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, feed my soul, you know? It's like we're trying to, like, scratch some itch with, with something. Here, if you're a little older, it's maybe, like, make myself famous on Facebook, you know? It's like, it's like we're trying to scratch, or the media, Netflix binging, whatever it is. Like, there are so many things that we are trying to fill that void in our heart with other words. But we are created to live by nothing else except the word of God. Man does not live by every word, but, but on that that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's interesting, Jesus was quoting the book of Deuteronomy in the law, in the Old Testament. And the context of when that was first said, when God said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was talking, it said, and I'm teaching you that by giving you manna. In the wilderness. So, in the story of, of the Old Testament Israelites, they were they spent they spent years walking through the desert, and God fed them every morning with bread that came from heaven and landed on the ground. 
And there were little wafers, little pieces of, of bread. Called, they called it manna. Manna means what is it? It's like, what is that? There's bread. And the way it worked is that every morning they would get up and they would go and they would collect enough manna for the day and then they would eat that. And then they'd go to sleep and the next morning there would be more manna and they would collect that. And they needed, they needed a dose of manna every day to live on. And actually it was interesting if they tried to collect more than one day, God said, don't do that. Trust me, I'll give you some tomorrow. But if they tried to collect more than one day, it would get moldy. They needed fresh manna every day. And that's the way it is with us. We need fresh, a fresh word from God every day. We need to be personally interacting with God and his word. Not just once in a while, but daily. Like a lot of Christians are like people who would go to a doctor and say, hey doc, I'm just not feeling very good. I'm lethargic. I'm tired all the time. I'm kind of anemic. don't have any energy. I just, can you do something to help me? And the doctor says, okay, well, what's your, what's your diet like? What are you eating? He's like, well, I had a really good meal last Sunday. And it's like, well, it's Thursday. Now, well, yeah, I, most Sundays I have a pretty good meal. I'm like, no, okay, that's your problem. You need to eat better. You know, and every person is like that. We are spiritual beings. We need God's word in us on a daily basis. And so much of our problem in life is just our diet. Just we're not getting enough spiritual nourishment. And we're trying to live this life. And we're like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's like, no, you don't, you're like running around in circles without energy because you're not getting the diet that will bring you into the kind of life that God has for you. You know, man shall not live by bread alone, but everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I just, the best part of my life is experiencing this. You know, I just, it is. It's, I remember as a kid just beginning to, to read the Bible and remember reading the Old Testament stories about David and the kings and just like, oh, wow, this is, this is the best. I want to be part of this story. I want to keep reading. Um, I remember as a kid, I had the privilege of growing up in a family that loved God and actually we moved to, to Taiwan and my parents were doing some missions work over there. And we went to a Chinese church. Chinese is the language in Taiwan, the first language. And so I didn't really speak Chinese. And so I you know, would go to church and not really understand what was going on. And we came back the summer between 6th and 7th grade. I was here in Kansas. I remember going to church. We were here for six months. And hearing Pastor Wells preach. And I was just like, wow. That, that's the word of God. This, this is, I don't know what's happening, but I'm hearing God's word in English, and this, there's something powerful, something is happening with me. There's just, I, I, there's something that was just feeding me and growing in me. I remember when I was, when I was 16, I was, I was at a camp, and the speaker was talking about the importance of spending time with God, reading the Bible, and he said, I want to challenge you to make a commitment to, to, to spend time with God, read the Bible every day. Start your day reading the Bible. Spend time with God every day. And I knew in my heart, okay, that, I need to do that. That's, that's the kind of life I was made for. And I responded to that. I said yes. And not perfectly, but by far, most days since then, I have spent time reading some of God's Word. And that is where life and nourishment comes from. 
Now, it's not that it's not without struggle or stuff keeping me from wanting to do that. It's not that it's always as powerful as other days. You know, there are days where it's amazing, and there are days where it's not so much. Or, well, I can't gauge it as so much. But as someone once said, it's like, I don't remember what I ate last Tuesday, but that doesn't mean it didn't help me. And that's how it is, spending time with God, reading His Word, interacting with Him. It feeds us and transforms us. And whether we feel something amazing happening or not, something, something is happening. Um, that's on a daily basis. I, it's just amazing how God, God speaks to us every day. Um, I, I use one of these notebooks that we give out. we got some over there. Um, usually I write down some of the verses that stand out to me as, as I'm reading the Bible. And, you know, there's just the riches of how that nourishes my soul, how it nourishes our souls. This morning I read Psalm 37, 8, Do not fret, it leads only to evil. It's like, wow, that's God's word for me. Don't fret, it leads only to evil. Um, yesterday, I read, The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land that he has given you. Oh, man, I, I was, can chew on that all day long. That's good. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he has given you. Just flip, flip back. Um, but I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Um... Here's one I preached on a few weeks ago. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Man, that, that's, that's like, wow, there's a lot of revelation in that. He grants peace to your borders. He satisfies you with the finest of wheat. Mm, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Now just... One sentence from God that comes to our hearts, that, that changes things, that nourishes us, that gives us what we need. But we don't always experience that. And those of you going through this um, on, on the Word of God, either you've already done it or you'll do it this week, there's a big emphasis on, the, on Mark 4, the story of the sower and the seeds. And I'm not going to go into it today. But there's a, the seed is the word of God, and it comes to people listening. And each there are four different soils where the seed comes that represent different conditions of hearts. And three out of the four soils, the word of God doesn't really flourish because of the condition of the hearts of those who are hearing it. The first soil is hard soil, and that's like it's like traffic soil or resistant soil or proud soil. And it's so, or, you know, just like hurt or proud that like, no, I don't really need that. Um, Megan and I, we were talking to an atheist a couple weeks ago. Came up here from Kansas City to spread the good news of atheism at K-State. And started talking to her and she said, hey, how did you become an atheist? She said, well, actually, I grew up in a religious family and I read the Bible. And that's what led me to atheism. I said, oh, well, what was it in the Bible? She said, well, it was all the contradictions. And that's... Usually when people say that, I kind of get excited because I've been reading the Bible for a while and I haven't found those contradictions yet, actually, except it contradicts me, all right? It contradicts my desires and my life and all of that. But that's not, but she didn't say that. She said, 
oh, the thing in the Bible that made me not believe in God, that, that God isn't real, is all the miracles. There's so many miracles in the Bible. And so, how could you believe in God? Because miracles are impossible. I was like, well, what did you want to read in the Bible? Like, <laughs> there's a God, yes, but you can't really tell. Like, he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything. It's almost as if he doesn't exist. So you should believe in him because there's no evidence. He doesn't actually act in people's lives and change anything. But no, a hard heart, will you, will just, you won't be able to have the benefit of God's word coming into you. A lot of the stuff in those soils is distractions. It's shallowness and other stuff in our life that keeps us from, from allowing God's word to come in. At the end of this, this, this right after Jesus teaches this story in, Matthew, in Mark 4, I do want to look here. There's a lot of insight in this. Mark 4, 21. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. He's talking about the Word of God here. He's saying, there are things, there are secrets of God that are hidden in here. Hidden in God's Word, but it's not meant to stay hidden. It's meant to be revealed. It's meant to be brought out into the open. Proverbs 25.2 says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. And God has called us to be people that search out the things that He wants to reveal, but we have to have a receptive heart, and we have to pursue it to find it. He goes on and says, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Oh, that's it. There's word here. There's something that will change us, something that will bring life. But do we have ears to hear? Are we able to hear what God is saying to us? And then he says this, consider carefully what you hear. He, can, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Consider carefully what you hear. So first consider what we're listening to, right? Like what are we setting our mind on? What, what media are we listening to? What voices are we listening to? What conversations are we listening to? What truths and quotations are we listening to? What are we hearing? And then, so, so hear the right thing. Hear God's word. And then not only... Hear the right thing, but how much of it do you want to hear? With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So imagine like a big vat of grain. That was the agricultural language here Jesus is referencing. A vat. He's just talking about the seed. Okay, so there's this like, a vat. That's not a right thing, right? That's like liquid, I think. But anyway, a big thing full of, full of grain. And a silo. There we go. There's, there's a lot of it available. How much is going to come to you and I? Well, it depends on what instrument we use to get it out. If we use this measure, we'll get this much grain. But if we use a bigger cup, we'll get more. The bigger your measure, the more you get. I know, it's really deep stuff here. Like, Jesus, it's, you know. But the more, the bigger your measure... The more you open up, the more you get. And that's how it is with God's word.
The more we open up, the, more, the bigger the measure we use in our heart, the more we receive from him. Whoever has will be given more. It doesn't sound like socialism here to me. Whoever has will be given more. It doesn't sound like fairness. It doesn't sound like, hey, everybody's going to be equal. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. So there's this thing of it's kind of like the rich get richer. Like, the more you have, the more you want. And the more you keep saying, God, give me some more of that. I'm going to keep getting more. And the more you just keep using that measure, the more of God's revelation and restoration in life that we get as we receive his word. All right. You guys tracking with me? Because it's good. Good. I'm glad you're tracking. I didn't really, yeah, give you time to answer very well. Thanks for answering. That was nice of you. Uh, it's good. We, the more we, the bigger our measure, the more we receive. So how do we receive? And that's, there's, there's more details in here, but how do we receive God's word? I just want to talk about some practicalities of this. Time and place. Get a time and place to meet with God and interact with his word. Best time I'm a strong believer in is most people, most life is first thing in the morning. I, I, it's crazy how I wake up and I, I want to look at this. I want to start thinking about my to-do list. I, but there's an opportunity in the quietness of the day, in the first part of the day, and to wake up a little earlier, to meet with God, spend time with him, where it really helps get your mind in a good place. So find a time, find a place away from other people and spend time with God. Uh, I'm not saying just the morning. I mean, all, all times are great, but it's good to have a focused time to to meet with God. Maybe you're here this morning, you've, you've spent time with God, but God's wanting to just invite you into more. More time. Bigger measure. Maybe it's like, hey, maybe, maybe an hour for you. Maybe like an hour a day would be the thing that would bring you into so much of what God has for you. If you would carve out that space and trust him for it. I, I know, you probably couldn't watch as much Netflix or be online so much or something else, but it's better. Time and place. Have a plan. You know, that's why our, the Kingdom Living books are divided into seven days, because the plan is to spend time with God every day. So those of you doing that, there's a, there's a good plan. Um, the Bible Project um, is a great, great app. Um, the, the Bible, what's it called? Um, what is it? Read Scripture. Read, yeah, Read Scripture. It's a really good plan. There are all sorts of, of plans out there to read Scripture, but have a plan of getting in the Word. I'm a big fan of... of um, including New Testament and what you're reading. So that's one part of the, the Read Scripture app I don't love, is that it just kind of goes from the beginning. So I think it's good to add some New Testament, although there's always Psalms in there too, which is good. Um, and then meditate. Go back to Psalm 1. A lot of times we don't know how to read the Bible, but and it talks more about that in, in, the, in the week here. But it says, the one who meditates on his law day and night. So like I... It's taking maybe just one phrase or one verse. And it's good to read a big chunk of scripture. But then it's good to take like one sentence and ponder it. Read it over out loud. Read it over out loud. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. Think about it. Oh man, I've been fretting a lot. God, man, and yes, it is leading to evil in my life. God, don't fret. It leads only to evil. God, I don't want to fret today. Would you transform me? 
Would you help me to trust in you? Lord, I don't want to help. I want to think about this today. You're pondering it. You're letting it go deep. And it's, it's bringing transformation in our heart as we meditate like that. And then we got to act. we got to take the word that we hear and not just hear it, but then act on it. James says that if you, if you read the Bible but don't do what it says, it's like looking in the mirror and going, wow, my face and hair need a lot of adjustment today. And then I just walk away and don't do anything. That the scripture is made for us to act on, to obey, to apply. Um, one really good way to do all this together is what's called the SOAP method, S-O-A-P. Scripture is the, is the S. Um, so you read a chunk of scripture, but you're asking, God, would you speak one thing to me? What's one verse or one idea that really is for me today? And then when that thing rises up, write it down. Okay, this is, this is the one scripture. Now think about that. Meditate on it. The O is observe, observation. What does this say? What does this mean? What is this, what is this go a little deeper, apply it to my life. Then the A is application. All right, okay, uh, therefore, if I'm, because this is true, and God is cutting into my heart, this is how I need to apply this. This is how I will apply this in my life. And then P is prayer. It's good to just take that and pray. And say, God, I just, I want to walk in this. Lord, I don't want to fret. Help me not to fret. Help me to trust in you and experience the goodness that you have for me. And it's very simple, but one phrase from God's word that we meditate on and live out will bring transformation in our life. So, a lot of good stuff. We're, I, don't, I know we're all in different places here. Um, you know, maybe it's new for you to, to believe that God's word is the fuel that you need to live on. Man, that first place is coming to a place of, of believing that, or at least maybe just giving it a chance. Maybe just saying, okay, not like our atheist friend. But, like, I want to read the Bible to see, God, if you're real, would you speak to me in this word? Um, do you have a time and a place to eat God's word regularly? Man, find a time and a place to, to begin spending time with God or, or grow in that. What habits do you need to cut back on? Maybe do you need to set your alarm an hour earlier or 20 minutes earlier to, to find time in your day to spend time with God? Are you ready to really meditate or anything about that, but confess the word? Speak it out loud. That's part of meditation, actually, is, is speaking it. And in the back of, of KL2, there's some good confessions, scripture confessions, to, to speak out loud, to memorize, really go deep in your heart. And are you willing to, to seek out his truths and apply them in, in your life and come into the, the life that he has for you? Just imagine. You know, I just, Imagine if you spent an hour a day with God, reading his Bible and praying for the next month. What would happen? Imagine if you do that for the next year, next 10 years. Imagine if 100 of us did that. Uh, I, I had 100 people like that. That changes that changes the community. A thousand people like that, oh my goodness. That's, that's powerful. And that is the kind of life that God has for us to, to lead us into. Being that tree planted by streams of water that flourishes 
and is fruitful. So let me pray for us. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. How much time do you spend with your wife? <laughs> Ask her. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, you know, it's amazing, too. It's not just like we think of the world and time as limited resources, and it is limited resources, but God is outside of time, beyond time. Time and the universe are held together by God's word. And it's, this life is a life of faith. And it's, it's when we trust God and put him first, time multiplies. I mean, I, I promise, it's just crazy how the days that I get busy first and don't really allow time for God, I get so much less done, so much more frustrated, feel so ineffective. And then the times when I say, I don't know how it's going to work, but I got, I got to have you. I, here, here I am. Lord, speak to me. <sighs> Grace. Things, things come together. Things work out. There's, and I'm in a such different place. And that's, that's how God works in us. So, let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for making us this way. And for, to, to need your word. And thank you for giving us your word so bountifully. Lord, I thank you for all the ways that we in this room are benefiting from, from you and your, your living word. And Lord, I pray that you would really make clear to each one of us just how you're drawing us. 